T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number three to Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Three the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Sports. Alec Medford, hold it down for you here. You turn it on, leave it on, Station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Ranking the NFL's top 10 instant rookie impact for all 32 NFL teams. We'll do that here in just a moment here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. Again, the top 10 instant impact rookies for 2023. Did Mozzie Smith make this particular list at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, Alec on the radio. You can find him on Twitter. Give him all the follows. A little AM on the FM at 1020 tonight. Looking forward to the chaos that will ensue then. It is 54-50 with 326 left in the first half between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers as the Lakers are trying to take a 2-0 series lead Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors looking to even up their series at a game apiece before the series moves back to Los Angeles. You look at the first half box score for a couple of these teams, for the, both of these teams, excuse me. Um, LeBron James is putting on an absolute show. He's got 19 in the first half. Meanwhile, off the bench, Rui Achimura going Who full. Who the hell does he think he is? <laughs> he is. Got 14 points, four three-pointers already in the how many, first how half. Many, how many threes is he taking, KG? Four. Yeah. 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 That's when I say, That's what I mean when I say who the hell does he think he is. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to take all of these and knock them down because I am the new Paige Stoyakovic. That's what he's trying to do right now. Unfortunately, though, they are the only two players in double figures right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's because Anthony Davis, after his monster game in game one, struggling from the field, two of six, Got four points. He does have five rebounds and four assists, a steal, and a block uh, to go forward there. Also, for the Golden State Warriors, the high man is Clay Thompson. He's got 13 in the first half. He's five of eight from the field, three of four from downtown for the Warriors. He is the only Warrior right now in double figures for them. Stephen Curry's got seven points on just three of five from the field. Let's talk a little NFL, though, right here. This comes from Chris Trapasso of CBS Sports, ranking the NFL's top 10 instant impact rookies for 2023. Shout out to my man, Lucius. As we look here, and okay, some of the names that are going to be on here, you had linked definitely to the Dallas Cowboys, but at the same time, before I get to the names on this list, 
I will let you know Mozzie Smith didn't make it. But what? No, he did not. I'm sorry. Did that does that bother you? Does that bother you? Does that bother you, Medford, that he didn't make this list? No. Yeah. <laughs> does Ryan Wilson not know like the 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 way to get clicks is to include the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, most times, yes. What a jerk. Um, but Trapasso doesn't feel like Oh, this is Trapasso? Yeah, Chris Trapasso of uh, CBS Sports. Oh, so this isn't Ryan Wilson? No, 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 no. Uh. No, no. He doesn't feel like Monty Smith makes uh, the top ten list. Uh, his honorable mention, though, was a target that we thought was going to be for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Michael Mayer. But, of course, he wound up going to the Raiders. Now, some of this, I mean, I'm not surprised that Mozzie's not involved. Of course, I did the whole thing. But mm-hmm. some, of, he's a defensive tackle. Right? Like, this is not a position that people consider. Like, oh, well, that's going to be an impact-type situation. Plus, I'm... I understand he's a first-round pick. He's going to get playing time. I, I I imagine that some folks will look at him and be like, he's going to be in a rotation with Jonathan Hankins, who was playing a lot towards the end of last season. You know, like I, I wonder if people look up and go, yeah, how much impact can he make, especially as a dude who does not come in pass rush ready necessarily. Like he has the upside of pass rush, but like, yo, he's going to be a run stopper at defensive tackle. That does not scream major impact guy that you should be you know what I mean so I do wonder if that's some of what does it and that also then will lead me to the idea that you mentioned that there was a tight end I feel like there's gonna be a whole bunch of pass catchers and running backs in in this situation when we start talking about dudes rookies that we look at that will be impactful in fact we could probably look at this as who's gonna be in the race for rookie of the year yeah. right and when we talk about that it's relatively rare that we start talking about Guys that are pretty important, but also probably won't get all like the love and the shine, like you know, tackles and guards and you know, defensive linemen that are not edges. Look, and the number ten player that makes this list is a player whom look. I'm going to be excited to talk about this team because I thought they had a hell of a draft, and that is because which one, which one, which one? Their quarterback is the reigning NFL's comeback player of the year. Are we talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yeah, okay. man. I've just because I also then had to be like, all right, which which uh first or yeah, which first round are we talking about? And yeah, because yeah, they did have two. It's it's the one who's going to be catching the football. And look, they took the best corner available in the draft, and arguably the best receiver in the draft did the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, there's some people that have some questions about Witherspoon. Funny enough, I think the consensus was that Witherspoon was you know probably the best corner, but regardless, he was he he was one of two, and he was no lower than two. Um, right. So I love the way the Seattle drafted this year. And if you're Geno Smith, you've got to love what you're going to be doing this year and passing the football to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. And now you throw Jackson Smith and Jigba into the mix. Geno's looking like, oh, y'all got all these toys for me to play with this upcoming season. Appreciate that, John Schneider. Thank you so much for that. And one thing about Geno Smith is he did you know, basically sit into a place where he was making a lot of good decisions. That was especially early on in the season. That was like one of the benefits. People were like, oh, wow, look at Geno making the right, you know, the right plays. And, you know, every once in a while he'll hit you with the deep pass as well. Wow, this is great. Um, but if he's going to continue and if he continues in that vein of making the right decision, that that core of wide receivers is going to, at least in theory, put you in a place where if you make the right decision, you're going to be successful and they're going to put up some numbers. So I understand why Jackson Smith and Jigba, especially also being wide receiver one in this draft, 
get you in this place. But this is only 10, right? This is spot number 10. So let's see how this shakes out as we go further up. The next two are pass catchers as well. One that we mentioned a little bit earlier because Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing the football to him. Zay Flowers coming from Boston College going to Baltimore to play alongside Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman. Nelson Aguilar, I guess. Yeah, in in the slot situation. I'm also interested, is he going to be – is he already in the place where we probably see him returning things, like returning kicks, punts? I would. I'd have him in the return game. Because then that also adds to the possibility of, like, making an impact. Yeah. That's one of those places that if you get a dude who has the speed, that can be beneficial. If you take one back on the season, we can already change the way that this thing goes. Or if you can get a good amount of return yards, you could put your offense in good positions. And we understand how that changes the game. Hello, Kevontae Turpin, right? So um, that could be also very interesting, which is why I'm why is he why is he in this place? Although I guess we don't have any idea on whether he'll kick him upon return. Quentin Johnston comes in at number eight, the wide receiver from TCU going to the Chargers. I'm very interested in the Chargers and how they'll perform on offense this year. Kellen Moore portion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Justin Herbert obviously leading the charge from the quarterback spot. You throw Johnston into the mix with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They've got a good offense. Rashawn Slater anchoring the offensive line for them. Heck was still there, right? Like He didn't, he didn't Eckler, find his way out. Yeah, in the backfield. They've got a talented offense in Los Angeles that if the Chargers don't go full charger, um, they can make a lot of teams – um, have some difficulties on defense with the abilities. And look, if Kellen Moore is allowed to open it up or starts to cook in the way that we look around and say, now how come that wasn't here in Dallas? I think we'll have. Oh, you know what? You know what the answer is going to be for a lot of folks. And we will have to consider that that uh, that suggestion very like very uh, yeah. seriously. Uh, but the answer will be, well, that's because of that quarterback. Now he got Justin Herbert. Okay, is that going to be the toxic conversation? Yes. Of course that's going to be. What do you mean? Do you, yeah. Are you new here? That's going to be the first thing we go to. Because if Herbert gets out there and lights it up for, you know, 35 a of game. Course. Of course. And Kellen Moore's out here cooking with Eckler and all those weapons. We're looking like, hey. 100%. That's where Ooh, we're going. boy. Yeah, that's. Prepare yourself. That's messed up. Bend down the hatches. Uh, number seven, Sam Laporta. Now, depending on who you believe, apparently that was the Cowboys' number one ranked tight end. To which I say, I mean, all it, right. the entirety of, like, the reporter class around these Cowboys you know, lit up on that on draft day, on dra- uh, first round draft day. Yeah. And they stood by it afterwards, even though that's not where the Cowboys went, right? Like, everybody was like, yeah, no, this is what I heard very clearly. So, seems like the Cowboys, in the very least, had a very high estimation of that young man. So, it'll be interesting to see what he's capable of doing with the Detroit Lions, you said? That's right. Mm, okay. We'll see how uh, your man Jared Goff performs with some of that uh, offense there. With Sam Laporta, now they got Jameer Gibbs there as well. So we'll see what they do offensively in Detroit. Jordan Addison comes in at number six, another wide receiver with Minnesota. I'm sure. Um, oh, I forgot he went to Minnesota. Justin Jefferson's like, thank you, appreciate that, because Adam Thielen, of course, went to Carolina. Yeah, and now he's going to have Jordan Addison alongside of him. You think? You think what uh, Justin Jefferson was worried about is having other wide receivers there? Well, I'm sure he's looking around like, hey, Kirk, there's other guys on the field. You can throw them the ball too every now and then. Because I'm sure Justin's just like, he's throwing it to me again. All right, I'm I, sure Justin's. All, right, sure, all right, I'll go catch it. Yeah, I'm sure Justin's right. good with getting the ball. I just I imagine that he sometimes he would like it to be thrown a little better. Uh, <laughs> but hey, like, like, one thing about that team, and pe- there are certain people that I justifiably get upset with me 
because I don't be showing the Vikings no respect. And for well, one, I feel like I'm giving them the respect that they're due. You however, don't, you don't have to. You don't ha- have to. However, they they do end up like they're they're not a bad team. They just don't really strike me as a particularly good one all the time. Um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes in that circumstance. But hey, I mean, you got to admit Jordan Addison looked incredible, particularly when he was at Pitt, and then he goes to. USC and he still looks pretty damn good so I'm interested to see what he could do because if you know you have Justin Jefferson out there looking pretty good um that also takes like you mentioned or like you were alluding to that takes a lot of pressure off of you as the other guy Matt what did I refer to as the Minnesota Vikings throughout the course of last season the most unserious team in the NFL the most unserious team in the NFL their point differential could have had them as one of the not just an average team, possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL. Some of that was defense, though. I mean, again, unserious okay. on the All Minnesota right. Vikings. All right. Uh, Christian Gonzalez going to the New England Patriots. Shout out to Bill Belichick and his defense for getting a, a shutdown corner. And Gonzalez, hope that works out for him in New England. Deontay Banks, another corner, which yeah. has direct impact on the NFC East, particularly the Cowboys, as, of course, he was drafted by the Giants. Shout out to Wink Martindale. He loves his corners, his aggressive corners. Yeah, I mean, Wink Martindale loves blitzing, and so having cornerbacks that can also do that gives him more options in that realm. Even though, like, I think he he kind of mellowed out a little bit in that regard, but having that option is always good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do with the wide receiving core that the Cowboys have put together. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun to watch in the NFC East. The Eagles, of course, reloading up with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. We know that all the Georgia players that they took. By the way, quick note on that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this. With this draft being complete, Georgia's national championship defense, every single starter from the 2021 Georgia national championship defense has now been drafted. Yes, that's surprising. They were running out an NFL defense. Hey, man, I'm not here to be uh, disrespectful to Stetson Bennett or none of them other guys on offense. <laughs> Who surprisingly got drafted by the Rams. Did that, not see that coming. Anybody else watching college football at that time understood that was a historically good defense. And what happens when you have a st- historically good defense? Most of them, if not all of them, end up in the NFL playing football. And it very much looked like all of them dudes should be in the NFL playing football. Well, they are now, <laughs> as every single Georgia starter on that 2021 defense has now been drafted into the NFL. Here's an interesting thing for the 940. I think Washington drafted badly intentionally, helping to bring Caleb Williams back home next year. <laughs> That's a, a hell of a theory to think about. Who did Washington even draft? I'm trying to remember because it did not jump out to me. Emmanuel Forbes. Oh, but yeah, he's a solid cornerback, man. Good, good football player. Aisha Morrison's favorite. Yeah. Uh, he's a good football player. He's going to have his hands full in the NFC East with these receivers, though. That's for damn sure. Uh, last two players to round out, or last three, I should say, to round out this list of the top 10 instant impact rookies going into 2023. Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Detroit. He's he's going to get he's gonna get carries, and that's a team that wants to run the football. Makes sense. The fighting by the kneecaps of Detroit. Congratulations to them. Bijan Robinson at number two with the clearly unserious front office that is the Atlanta Falcons, as they thought the idea was to go get Ryan Tannenhill 
Yeah, but they're they going to be real serious with Bijan. Like, you don't draft him to wait. He's going to be so much fun. <laughs> you don't draft him to wait to utilize him. Like, you, you, were you the – were your parents the kind that, like, would buy you shoes and be like, you got to you gotta hold on to them for a little bit until, like, a special occasion to break them out or whatever? No, no, I'm putting them bad boys on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, so that's what, they're, that's what they're doing with Bijan. Like, they are like, we just got these. Don't worry about the box. I'll wear them out. Like, that's how Bijan is going to be. Put them on the field, get them the ball, running out of the backfield, and so, yeah, there's going to be – there's got to be impact with Bijan. The clock is ticking at this point. Interesting choice at number one for CBS Sports in their top ten impact rookies going into 2023. Yeah, who do they have over Bijan here? Shout out to Will Chambers and the Chicago Bears. Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle yeah. from Tennessee. Because some of, some of this uh, – Justin, that's incredible that we had an offensive tackle at the top of this list. But so, uh, some of those incredible runs that you had by Justin Fields – were simply because that offensive line folded like lawn chairs all <laughs> the damn time. Like having somebody that is stable enough to allow him to drop is going to be such an important factor for them. Um, I don't know that I would have said, yo, the the impact player of the entire rookie class, but he will be impactful. Like, don't get me wrong. That, well, I mean, I think it's to your point, though, what Chicago wants to do with Justin Fields and his ability to throw the football and run yeah, it. Yeah, it's like anything they want to do is going to have to start with somebody that can actually stand up there. Yeah, and Darnell Wright going 6'5", 330, 34-inch 34, 34 you know, arms. He's big boy. Big boy. <laughs> uh, it's going to be protecting Justin Herbert, or Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, hopefully. One of them Justins. For the next decade uh, in Chicago. Before we go real quick from the truckwreck.com text line from the 817, hey, get right, please chime in on this work debate. Who will have a bigger impact, Mozzie Smith or DeMarvion Overshone? They're deadlocked at four votes apiece. Uh, Mozzie Smith. Yeah, that was that, that felt kind of easy to me. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be a starter from day one. Yeah, he's got, at least he's gonna be in that rotation. He's gonna yeah. get a lot of snaps. Overshone, I'm interested to see like how he's utilized and when he's utilized. And somebody on the on the text line earlier made a point that I think dovetails with this pretty well is the idea that run stoppers get you off the field versus good teams, right? Like, yeah, it goes back to winning in the trenches. Uh, when it comes to offensive and defensive line, winning and, in the trenches is important. And some of this is going to be symbiotic because if Mozzie Smith does what he's supposed to, it's going to allow those linebackers to do their jobs better. And so that, that's been the whole appeal of that pick in, in the first place. You clean that up, help you know establish the center or the spine of your defense, and maybe those linebackers can be even more effective than they were this past season. And as uh, uh, Mozzie Smith saw today, if you're good in the middle – the NFL pay you for it. 90 of them things. <laughs> 90 million of them things. Shout out to Dexter Lawrence getting his money from the Giants today. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. It is halftime in San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors up 67-56. Klay Thompson would smooth off in the second quarter. He's got 19 at the end of the first half on five threes. Meanwhile, LeBron James, he's got 21 on 9 of 13 from the field. The Anthony Davis mid-game. Yeah, it's in full effect right now. Only four points at halftime for Anthony Davis after his monster game one. Lakers down 11 at the end of the first half. Also 0-0 in the first period between the Stars and the Kraken at the American Airlines Center. Coming up next on the Get Right, we go around the association where an NBA championship doesn't buy you much time these days. We'll tell you why next on the Get Right. So Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan pot to go around the association where an NBA title doesn't buy you much time these days. And Jason Kidd 
talking with Rachel Nichols about his relationship with Kyrie Irving and what that means for the Mavericks this offseason. It is halftime in game two between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Warriors up 67-56 despite LeBron James having a terrific first half. Klay Thompson, though, the story in the second quarter for the Golden State Warriors. Meanwhile, it is still scoreless at the American Airlines Center between the Stars and the Kraken, despite the fact that the Stars on the power play trying to create a lot of havoc and chances in front of the net for the uh, for the Kraken, but unfortunately not able to cash in on the power play that just ended for them. Sorry, I'm, I should have words to say right there. I have just been, <laughs> I've been, so I've been wrapped up in uh, this 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 hockey that we just ended the first period uh, at the AAC. It seemed like there was a lot of opportunities um, the Stars could have taken advantage of, and just great goaltending. For uh, the Kraken, and they they did a good job of uh, getting in front of the puck consistently. So um, now we'll take our nice uh, two hour break before we get back to <laughs> the players will get undressed yeah. all the way, do their interviews, get back to hockey, eat their dinner, and then get back on the ice again. That's as right. it is the end of one in the American Airlines Center, zero zero between the Kraken and the Stars. Kraken lead the series one game to none. Um, let's go. Around the association right here on the get right. And we start in Milwaukee after five seasons and one of the most devastating upsets in NBA history. Mike Budenholzer has been fired by the Milwaukee Bucks. The head coach, who of course, led the Bucks to an NBA championship just two seasons ago is out in Milwaukee, they will be looking for a new head coach after a historic upset at the hands of Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat in the first round. Yeah, what do you want me to do here? Like, this had to happen. A team with championship aspiration, like not just like a team in the playoffs, a team with championship aspirations goes out in the first round. That's bad enough. You went out in five. You did not put up a good effort. And the last two of those games, so the the closeout game and the penultimate game of that series – you were up by double digits late and gave it away. You can't you can't show back up here. And the reasons why those happened ex- has have existed through the entirety of his tenure. Now, something that I want to acknowledge, um, and it's something that I can't remember who brought this up. Was it Mike Brown that brought it up in a post game interview? One of the other coaches in the playoffs brought up the fact that Mike Budenholzer's brother had passed in the midst of the series, and so That's like, right. I do want to offer sympathy. In that way, like showing up to work when there you you know you have a heavy mind, that is something that we cannot like readily dismiss. I'm sure that that did not help, but something that we can be truthful about is through the entirety of his tenure as the Bucks head coach, and I'm pretty sure if I remember if my memory serves me correctly, even when he was back as the Atlanta Hawks head coach, adjustments was not his thing, and. You you know that you might be able to say yo that's just the way that we coach. When you get to the playoffs, adjustments are necessary, and he was slow to adjust. And so you could take this back two seasons ago when they actually won the championship. I remember vividly during them playoffs saying, I don't care if they win a championship, they should fire him because of that in particular. Like he was slow to adjust. And so I've been in this place where I haven't loved Bud as a coach, but then you win a championship and you can't fire that dude. Now there is something to be said about this particular firing still kind of operating in some ways as a scapegoat 
Because all the things that I said, I believe Agreed. I believe completely, and I think they are true. At the same time, go ahead and look up that roster. Where's the youth on that roster, KG? Is it? It's hard to find. Like that is that is a aging roster, which in some way, I mean, not in some ways, that's does not fall at the feet of Mike Boonholzer. That falls at the feet of your general manager and your front office. Um, now again, the adjustment stuff, all that stuff, still remains. But your bench. I mean, your starters, Chris Middleton is, what did I say, 31, 32, yeah. rather. Mm-hmm. He'll be 32 at the start of the season. Uh, Drew Holiday is in his 30s. Brooke Lopez, I mean. Psh, Mid-30s at this point. He's reinvented himself three times in the league. Shout out to Chris Jericho. Right, like, those are some of your starters. You've got Bobby Portis coming in off the bench. You've got Wesley Matthews as a bench. You went and got who was supposed to be your coup de gras, right? Like, you are supposed to go get, like, let's hey, go. Hey, that's Finn Balor. Yeah, let's let's go get the oh goodness gracious. <laughs> let's go get this additional piece to help us out. 30-something-year-old Jay Crowder, who also didn't play. Yo, they gave a five second round picks. This is these are Jay Crowder. These are things you have to consider if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like these are things that you did and gave Mike Boonholzer to work with. So like I don't want to put all of this on um Mike Boonholzer. However, those things remain. Now, with all that being said, shout out to Nick Nurse who just won the lottery. Because do do you do you think Ime Udoka w- w- would wish that he stayed out here on the market a little bit lo- longer? Um, maybe. Because those those problems I I just talked yeah. about with the roster still remain. However, who would like to step up to coach the best Giannis. player in the world? There is that, <laughs> the, and the most coachable best player in the world. That's right, a like point. Yeah. wild coachable cat. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's right, 214. You just made the list. Love that. For missing Chris Jericho. That's good. Um, but here's what's wild about Budenholzer being fired. Because you're you're 100% correct. It's very hard to justify after what happened in the historic upset that the Bucks just suffered that you cannot bring him back. But more importantly, when Giannis gets out here and publicly says, hey, the necessary adjustments were not made in this series. Oh, it's it's a wrap. I'm sorry, bud. You got you got to go. You got to go. Because when your superstar, one of that kind of gravitas says, yeah, the coach went out here doing what he needed to do to make this thing happen. Oh, it's time to go. It's time to go. Uh, that means now three of the four coaches who have won championships, the last four teams to win championships, their head coaches are gone. Mike Budenholzer, gone. Frank Vogel, gone. Nick Nurse, see you later. The only one in the last man standing match, Medford. And only two of those deserve to be fired in my <laughs> mind because they got Frank Vogel out of there for no good reason. Steve Kerr is the only man left standing. Have, I have a feeling that he's going to be fine. Okay. I got to throw this in here. Please do. Did you know, ESPN, Steve Kerr, in Western Conference playoff series, 19-0. Never lost a Western Conference playoff series. How does that work? That is, what you mean? The only series he's ever lost have been in the NBA Finals. Oh, because they just didn't make it some of them years. That's right. Okay, yeah, it was like, you know, you know what we're doing? In some ways, we're doing the LeBron is, or sorry, uh, Michael Jordan never lost in the finals. Like, yeah, what are them times they lost in the first round? <laughs> Correct. But hey, 
it, it, it is a stat and it's technically correct, we will rock with that. That is that's wild to me. Uh, What's well, wild for some Mass fans that Jason Kidd still head coach around here. Um, but okay, all right. Oh, what? I, anyway, uh, he was talking though to Rachel Nichols on her show Headliners on Showtime, and here is Rachel and Jason talking about how his relationship with Kyrie Irving will go into what may happen for the Mavericks this offseason. Take a listen. How did you know how to approach working with Kyrie this past season? Yeah, I think um, just we have a relationship prior to us getting him in the trade. Um, and then, you know, the other thing about Kai is it's not always about basketball. But if you don't know that, uh, it could irritate you a little bit because you might just want to talk basketball. But if you get to know someone first, uh, it makes it easier. But just being honest. It was a risk for Dallas to bring Kyrie in because he's going to be a free agent. Do you have any sense of whether he wants to make this a long-term marriage? Do you want to make this a long-term marriage? Yeah, I, I think he truly is happy here. Um, I think he wants to be here, um, but that doesn't guarantee us that he's going to stay. He has the option and the opportunity as a pro professional to uh, look elsewhere because he is a free agent. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to take that away from him, um, being a player who was in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, we're going to do everything to uh, keep him. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's his decision, um, but we, we, at, we'll see what that is. But at the end, we hope that we've done everything to make him comfortable and want to be uh, a man for life. All right. I mean, that's the standard, that's the standard line, right? Like, this is the company line that we understand. And Jason Kidd being, like, a very player-forward coach, yeah, I mean, the, you were you were mentioning in the break about you know the the clip that had been circulating from months ago about him talking about Jalen Brunson, where he's like, I just want to see my, I, I love seeing my guys get paid. Uh, that, that's the type of uh, guy that Jason Kidd is. I think it's one of the reasons why all these cats like him so much is like he has been there and he does he you know puts that very forward that I've been there and I want to see you win. Um, but yeah, that this is some of what you've been staking your Kyrie claim on is this relationship here. The way that Jason Kidd has that uh that personal manner with his players. That and the one with Nico Harrison, yeah. yeah. So ho hopefully that works. I mean, I and again, I have staked this place for a while now, and you can attest to this. It's just I think that the circumstances lean lend themselves towards what Kyrie seems to want, which I imagine is money and all of the money that as much money as he can be afforded is best, you know, gotten here as opposed to anywhere else because I don't know that there's another place where he has any aspirations of winning that would have the money for him. Yeah, I think for me what this hinges on in a large part is is that he has to be in a place where, and as he's used these words, a place where he feels celebrated and not just tolerated. The Mavericks have done everything in their power to ensure that he feels like he is being celebrated there and not just being tolerated as a player who is – coming to work every day and doing his job and then leaving relationships that he has in all three levels of that organization, whether it be the front office, the coaching staff and certain players like a Theo Pinson, for example, that is something that will resonate. I think with Kyrie quite a bit. We'll see if it ultimately leads to a contract long-term and going forward. Uh, as we finish up around the association here, quick, interesting note uh, from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, who was on NBA countdown prior to the Lakers Warriors game talking about the idea that teams around the NBA want that third star for a team to end up on another team. This is going to be one of the most active trade summers in the league because teams are going to have to start getting their rosters 
and their payrolls. Oh, ready for 24? Figured out. Yeah. Or is that is that just like because also we have some new CBA stuff that will be going. That's into more. Effect. Yeah, it's more. So, so it's more CBA yeah. than just the twenty four mm-hmm. free agency class. Okay. So yeah, we're gonna see some things shake up. It'd be a great off season to have like uh, toys to play with within this uh, this uh, trade market. As Clay Thompson is just he's doing the thing. He's been Sorry. sensational tonight. Yeah, he's doing the thing. That's your trip around the association right here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we're going to go inside the gray area, where, of course, there is no gray area. Nikola Jokic has jokes. And have you heard this particular story about a man who had no idea that he had won this amount of money? Next on the Get Right. About to go inside the gray area, of course, where there is no gray area. On the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Oh, Lakers getting put in the dirt, buddy. Yeah, Clay Thompson's on a special heater tonight for the Golden State Warriors as he has been burying three after three after three for the Golden State Warriors. That's because he has on the night 25 points on seven three pointers. And the Lakers, the Warriors. Lakers keep giving the ball to Jared Vanderbilt to try and score. That's not a decision you should make. Yeah, LeBron, he's got 23, but it has not made an impact on this game at all. As it appears the Lakers are just going through the motions tonight. Uh, which They got their steal, and they're like, we'll take it back to the house. Yeah, it lends more <laughs> credence to the idea that I've had, um, you know, after game one, which was they they sold out to win game one to try and steal that, which they were able to do. And now they just look like they're just conserving some energy as they get ready to move this thing back to Los Angeles. What did I say? From the 3-2-1, you still feeling strong on that Lakers pick tonight? Clearly not. <laughs> Duh. See, that's the pettiness of people who remember everything that you say wrong t- and never anything that you say right. Yeah, this, this, this is how you don't get predictions out of me. This is how that happens. <laughs> uh, Medford, let's go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area. Uh, let's start here before, well, actually, let's start with the jokes because look, here's a little reporter 101 for you, aspiring, you know, journalists and, you know, reporters and that kind of thing. Also, why are you aspiring to do that? I mean, good journalism is still needed. It's needed. It's definitely. Unfortunately, it's not, uh, it's not paid well. It's not compensated well. Um, that's a whole different story. When you get ready to ask a player a question, think before you ask it, because you might get a response like this from Nikola Jokic. Do you expect their energy to be up now that they're back in their home court? No, my friend, I expect this, they surrender and they give us <laughs> Look, man, I don't want to get on nobody's uh, get, get on nobody's neck about some of this stuff. One thing that you'll notice, especially listening to like pressers and stuff because everybody kind of knows the natural flow of these things some lazy questions get thrown out there frequently but like especially like the the guys in you know in instances uh the women that are answering these questions understand what the job is and we know what you're trying to go for and everybody has like the media polish just give the answer uh yeah there's a lot of questions it's like technically if you if you have somebody who's a bad faith actor in this they will leave you out in the lurch and you will feel stupid, right? Um, like, if you think about it, you should not ask 
questions that can easily be answered simply yes or no because you want to get detail. So you, you really, when you're phrasing questions, you should ask questions that lend themselves to someone giving you more detail. How often do you hear questions that are not even questions, mind you? Don't, oh, this is the one. Sorry, this is the one. It's coming out of me. I was trying to be uh, not a jerk, but the jerk's I coming saw. out. Can we ask a damn question? And you know what questions are? Who, what, when, where, why? How? All right, like we learned this in... L- in W's again, Reg. Who, what, when, where, why, and then the H is how, right? We learned this in grade school, right? Talk about is not a question. That is a command. It ain't a question. Who are you commanding around here? You don't run nothing around here. Talk about this. How about don't you talk about it? Thing, how about you talk about it, huh? You know damn well you could phrase that as a question. You jerk. Anyways. Let the church say amen. Amen. Yeah, just just think. That one left out. I'm sorry. Like, what 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 you think Jokic was gonna say? Hey, do you think the sun's energy is gonna be high tonight? You know, high once they are you know, on their home floor. No, I think they're just gonna lay down and you know surrender, give us the win. Like, come on, man. Like, we, we gotta you know, create some nuance here. Like, you get the response you got based off the question you asked. And look, <laughs> I went hard on that one, and I do believe it. I also have some sympathy for them, folks, because like you, you're doing this a lot. And like, there is the other side of that. Yes, I mean, we, like we are in these places a lot. I let's get to let's get to the you know what this is. Let's get to where we're supposed to be. With all due respect, that reporter could have kept that question. Not gonna lie. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Chris Jericho. That's right. Um, and then there's sometimes you're like, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a great question, but I need <laughs> That's to ask. Why, I need that, to no, ask something. No, 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 no. That means you don't. Okay. Good luck. See that what happens. You've been in these rooms sometimes. I have. And that point, that and right they're there. Like, and they're like, you don't got no question, and you better find a question. No, you don't ask it. Okay. Because you become that person. Okay. Right there. Mm-mm. Don't just don't ask it, or take a half a beat to think of something else and ask that question. Usually, taking the the latter route works out for you. It normally does. Kevin, uh, can you can you talk about uh, the Timberland thing that happened? Oh, you want to talk about that right now? He didn't get the joke. It's okay. Go ahead. Real, all right. All right. This is who I work with. That's right. This is who I work a with. A giant child Jeez. with a sprained ankle. <laughs> and all the ibuprofen to go with it. That's right. Because <laughs> what I'm going to do, if I'm hurting, I'm going to take some ibuprofen. Know me. <laughs> know me. At least you learn you're not going to be hooping no time soon. Eh, we'll see on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, before we get to this man who won all this money <laughs> and the circumstances behind it, uh, let's go to cut number nine. Because apparently Tom Brady reportedly isn't keen on the idea of collecting that $375 million of pass and go. It was at 51% that he's going to do it to 49%. With the reasoning, it's so much money, he'll try it for a year. However, I talked to a couple of people recently, close to Brady, and I kind of feel like I'm going more 49% chance he does it, 51% chance he doesn't. I don't think he wants to travel that much. Obviously, he's going to go private. I think Brady's a guy who, if he's in, he's all in. So he's not going to be showing up day of games like, you know, Joe Buck and Aikman do sometimes. Uh, he's going to be there early if he's going to do it. So it's a four-day uh, event. Again, you know, cry me a river for that type of money for 
five and a half months. But Why'd the um, come I think, right there? you know, he shares his kids with Giselle. I think that's very important to him. And he can make money elsewhere. Now, 49.51. Like, I think I feel like uh, John King. Is that the one on CNN? Yeah, John, John King, King on CNN. And yeah. who's our guy on NBC? Steve Karnacki. Yeah, Steve Karnacki. So I feel like one of those, I feel like those guys, 49.51, Breen not doing at the moment. Fluctuating. That is Andrew Marchand. Yeah, Marchand started hating in there. Of the New York Post talking about the idea that apparently Tom Brady may not be collecting his $375 million on this 10-year deal with Fox to call games. You know what it sounded like to me? Someone offered him $375 million, right? You sign on the dotted line when somebody's like, hey, would you like $375 million? What I got to do is $375 million. Okay. Right? Like, that's that's what it felt like to me. Oh, uh, it's just like, here's a whole bunch of money. I don't ever think I really saw my, like, er, they, he signed. I was like, are you sure? Is this what you want to do with Tom Brady? By the way, did you hear, you know, that little set, subtle jab he threw at Troy and Joe Buck? I missed that. Talking about how, you know, sometimes they show up the day of games and, you know, get out there and call them as if they don't come the day days before and prep. For the production meetings and For, stuff? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's possible if, if the team is, like, in some ways accommodating. Because, I mean, Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. Like, I, I wonder if the teams are accommodating and they have production stuff the day of. I wonder if that's how that goes. Uh, regardless, that's hateration, dog. You didn't have to do that. I think Tom ultimately calls some football games. Like, he really going to turn out 375. He going to turn out 37.5 million dollars. If he cared so much about that 375 million, I feel like he would have gotten to work. He was like, I'm going to take a gap year on this. That doesn't sound like somebody who's eager well, to, to do to this. Well, to practice and to call games and that kind of thing, you know, I don't know. We'll huh. see. If you say so. Look, if he gets in there, it's fine. Hey, breakthrough came through. About time. Stars score. Oh, well, no, you don't like that metaphor? You don't like the way I announced that? <laughs> You asked me to check if some audio was clean, and I was telling you no. It's it not. is not. Oh, it's not? Oh, Timberley was out here cussing like that? Of course he was. Oh, man. Wyatt Johnston getting the goal for the... the Jeez. The, the, Timberley don't want me to be great, does he? We can talk about it still. We don't have to talk about because what he's trying to do Because I wanted to hear from him, but clearly he's not I don't want to hear from him. He don't deserve to be heard from. Wow. Yeah, no. We, wow. I am commandeering the gray area. <laughs> Look at me. I am the captain. Now. I saw... Uh, Timberland world-renowned uh, hip-hop producer, uh, done a lot of incredible stuff with probably an act that you care for. Um, but of late, I mean, with the, the the rise in AI and the things that we're seeing that you can do with it, he got out here and said that he is going to make a song with the notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace, Biggie, as he's known, um, who, if you don't know, been long gone, rest in peace, and this is so nasty. Like, this follows in a, with a long line of things. Like, along those lines, today, I believe, it was released or it was announced that more um, records will be released from the vault of Prince Rogers Nelson, the late Prince. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And he was very definitive on, like, his wants about his, you know, his artistry and, you know, putting his music out and stuff. This AI thing falls in that line where it's like, yo, we can get his voice and have him say things that we wrote. I'm like, that's 
that's not what the artist wanted, and you you can't know that for certain because you did not like check with him, right? And I guess maybe you could say you could check with his family and his estate, but that feels nasty, right? Like this this goes this has been my problem with all of like the AI is that we're further and further taking away from the artistry of these things and trying to make them more mechanical. And that's like that's real nasty to me, man. Like y'all don't y'all don't feel dirty behind that? Yeah, I just oh boy. This is kind of the slippery slope that we're getting into with all of this. Cuz at that t- at that point what you're make what you're saying is that Biggie was the voice and not like the writing. And yeah. that is so disrespectful particularly in the vein of um hip hop, right? Where writing your own raps means something or at least has meant things in the past and very much when Biggie was rapping, right? And even then, like, songwriting matters a good amount and then the way that you deliver it is a whole different artistry, right? It's not just this is the person's voice. The way that you go about delivering it is a craft into onto itself. So, like, this just, this all feels so nasty to me. Yeah, it feels like this is nasty business. I, I don't like it. And I originally saw this because Bobby Bell had quote-tweeted it talking about, like, this just feels wrong. Um, but... I think this is just the beginning of some of this and how much creative licensure that we're going to see or liberties, I should say, be taken with something like this. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. No, because like, because how do you stop it? Litigation. Like that's how you stop it, right? You, you stop it by suing. Now the problem is what happens when, you know, we're talking about somebody that's passed and, somebody's money hungry in that estate or the family or whatever and they mm-hmm. green light it right it's still it's still in, at least in my estimation because i can't speak for everybody but it feels disrespectful to the life and the lineage of that artist but if it's legally on the, on the up and up people are going to take their opportunity to go and get money and so this is one of the things that's tough about like our system of commerce and stuff is that it don't matter how dirty you feel if they can legally get away for it with it and sometimes even if they can illegally get away with it they're gonna do it it just it really does stink though for somebody who loves music that's your trip inside the gray area here on the get right reggie kg on 105 through the fan a little bit later on i'll tell you about the man who won a million dollars and didn't even know it for three months how does that work I'll tell you later on. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, get you caught up on the latest headlines on this Thursday, including a 19-year-old sensation getting the stars on the board. Your headlines at the top of the hour next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 